listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Monday afternoon. Let's turn to our very first topic of today. In the next 15 minutes or so, we're going to hear about the UNHCR Charity Refugee Film Festival. And to tell us a little bit more, I'm really delighted to be joined on the program by Vivian Tan, who is the UNHCR Acting Representative here in China. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon, Vivian. Thanks for having me. We are, and I hope everyone's fine with the rainstorm. Yeah, thank you for checking in. It's, it's uh, The black rainstorm has has affected us here in Hong Kong, but now I, they've taken away the warning, so it looks uh, less rainy okay. outside, so that's good. Well, at least people are staying in and tuning into um, our conversation this afternoon. And they can do so also by visiting Facebook as well. We are live this afternoon. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. Uh, before we talk about the film festival, Vivian, tell us a little bit more about the work that you do um, at uh, UNHCR China. Sure, happily. Um, so UNHCR is the refugee agency under the UN. And um, actually, we've been in China for more than 40 years now, both in the mainland and in Hong Kong. Uh, we first uh, got involved um, when we were asked to help support the Indo-Chinese uh, refugees. Um, today, our work has uh, changed uh, somewhat. Um, in the mainland, uh, we work, I guess, uh, mainly in two areas. We uh, traditionally have been doing and continue to do uh, work to protect and assist refugees and asylum seekers, both in the mainland and in the SARs. Um, so in the mainland, we register people who approach us to seek asylum, we interview them to understand their asylum claims, and then we assess if you know they should be recognized as refugees. People who are recognized as refugees are then, um, uh, they can apply for financial assistance from UNHCR just to help them. It's not a lot of money, but it helps them get uh, meet some of their basic needs. Uh, we also have, um, we seek solutions for them, trying to find longer term solutions in third countries like the US. Um, Hong Kong is a little bit different because uh, the government, as you know, has its own system called the Unified Screening screening Mechanism for Processing uh, Claimants. So we mainly provide support um, and guidance to the authorities. Uh, another big area of UNHCR China's work is to really um, strengthen the partnerships with uh, different Chinese entities, including the government, uh, the private sector, civil society. Um, specifically, we're really looking to, for example, the government to help um, to resolve some of these hotspot, these conflicts around the world. We know that, you know, the, China is a member of the Security Council. It has, you know, um, large numbers of peacekeeping troops. So we're looking to China to help us politically to address some of the root causes of conflict. Um, we also what work, are some of uh, the root causes of these conflicts? That, what are some of the root causes of these conflicts? Um, really, conflict. Um, and interestingly, um, the last year, I think, has been really difficult for everybody with the COVID-19 pandemic. And it's um, the pandemic has halted a lot of things. It's brought yeah. many things to a standstill. Unfortunately, not conflict. Conflict can continue to rage you know, in the last year. And we've seen a 4% increase in the number of displaced people around the world. Um, currently, we just released our statistics uh, about 10 days ago. Right. Um, and currently, there are, I think, uh, 86.4 million people forcibly displaced around the world. And just to give you an idea, that's roughly the size of the whole population of Germany. So that's a huge number of people who are 
basically, you know, unable to to enjoy, you know, the safety of, of their homes. So I think we're we're at a really critical juncture where the numbers are going up, the number of solutions um, are really limited, and you know we're seeing long-standing conflicts continue uh, unresolved, like Afghanistan. Uh, we're seeing new conflicts come up, like in Ethiopia's uh, Tigray region, Myanmar flared up, you know, earlier this year. So um, conflict, coming back to your question, conflict is really the main uh, cause of. of forced displacement. Which, as you mentioned just now, COVID doesn't seem to be able to stop it. In fact, it actually exacerbates the the, the, the problems being faced by, by, by refugees and, and asylum yeah. seekers. Uh, with the work at uh, UNHCR China, do you work with indi- individual uh, individuals or do you partner up with NGOs? How do these sort of potential claimants find you? And who are these potential um, sort of refugees? Um, I think I would speak more for the mainland situation because in Hong Kong, uh, the government deals more directly with them and we provide you know, more uh, support. Um, and what we do in the mainland is um, people who want to seek asylum can approach us uh, directly, individually. They file their claims. Uh, we register them and we give them a certificate saying this person is an asylum seeker and while the um, the case is being processed. The person should not be deported uh, and should be able to allow should be allowed to stay in China. Then we uh, interview them in, in great detail to understand their asylum claim, why they think they have a credible fear of um, persecution. They cannot go back to their home country. Um, and if we assess that yes, uh, the, the refugee claim is credible, then we give them uh, recognize them as refugees and. Um, then they can enjoy some financial assistance from us uh, as we try and find solutions elsewhere uh, in in third countries like the United States. So that's the bulk of what we do. Um, I was saying earlier, another big part of what we do is really to try and engage the government, not just for political support, to resolve these many, many, too many conflicts around the world, but also to uh, mobilize uh, financial support from the government in the form of, uh, for example, the South-South Cooperation Assistance uh, Fund. Uh, We also work a lot with the Chinese private sector, with companies that support us um, in a whole range of ways from providing uh, donations of of protective equipment during COVID, um, donating uh, laptops and smartphones to to help refugee children um, with online education during COVID. Um, and also, of course, uh, financial assistance. Um, another um, aspect of our partnership with the private sector is also to try and tap their expertise. I mean, here there's so much expertise in terms of innovation, tech, logistics. Um, so there's so much that clean energy. Uh, mm-hmm. So we hope to work more closely with Chinese companies to tap into this expertise to find solutions for refugee situations. That's great, Vivian, because in, here in Hong Kong, um, refugees, once they get uh, the, the refugee status and get sort of become an asylum seeker, they're still not allowed to work. Um, what's it like on the mainland? Once they mm. become, once they get the status of, of, once they become refugees, are they able to work um, on the mainland? Unfortunately not. And that is a problem that's not unique to China or Hong Kong. Yeah. I think in most of this region, unfortunately, because of a lack of um, refi- national refugee laws, refugee legislation. Um, so by default, uh, a lot of refugees and asylum seekers fall under the Immigration Act, the 
in whatever country they're in. Um, and their, if their visas um, are not valid, if their visas have expired, then they're often considered illegal, um, which means, you know, they don't have the legal right to work. You know, they face the, the um, risk of arrest and detention and maybe even deportation. So across this region, this is a challenge. Um, and we, I mean, UNHCR has been advocating um, over the years that, you know, refugees must be included in national systems. They must be able to access affordable health care. Uh, the children, as they wait for resettlement to another country, they should be able to go to local schools, to schools so that yes. education doesn't just come to a standstill. Um, and as you mentioned earlier, the, the right to work is very important because um, many of these refugees have skills. They have great experiences from their own countries. I mean, we have here, we have PhD holders, we have, wow. you know, highly skilled people, but they can't work. So they are forced to be dependent on our, the, you the know, frankly, not our assistance. Not, yeah. yeah, on handouts, um, which is not much to begin with. And also, you know, we're by not letting them work and we're just preventing them from being self-reliant which is really what they want to be they want to work they want to provide for their families they don't want to sit and wait for handouts absolutely and like you and i they have skills and frankly but by by keeping them in limbo actually also affects their mental health which is a whole sort absolutely. of a, a different topic i mean vivian i mean uh, you mentioned just now covid has a tremendous sort of impact on, on refugees can you outline some of them for our listeners hmm. i think covid We've seen effects everyone everywhere. You know, no one, I don't think any country or any territory is untouched. Um, but it tends to, it doesn't affect us. I mean, it affects us in different ways. Um, and I think the hardest hit people have been the most vulnerable people, including refugees. For example, um, because of pandemic controls um, early on, uh, a number of countries, I think at, at, at the peak of the pandemic, 160 countries around the world closed their borders. And this meant wow. that, you know, people fleeing conflict could not reach safety in another country. Um, so that was a big problem. Um, we've also seen, for example, an increase in gender-based violence, um, including uh, generally across the population, but also against refugee women and, and girls. Um, we've seen, um, I think an increase where we're worried that, you know, refugee children who are already under enrolled in school, um, that even the few who are enrolled in, a, in school may be forced to drop out because of um, the socioeconomic impact of COVID. It's caused a lot of people, refugees, to lose their jobs in the informal market. They can't work formally, but sometimes they find work informally. So that sector is usually the first to be affected. Um, yeah. So people have lost their jobs. Uh, it increases family tensions, um, and uh, so socially, we, we're we're seeing uh, some worrying trends. Same um, here in also, Hong Kong. Uh, in terms of, yeah. I remember at the start of the pandemic, people were sort of scrambling for masks, and there were real concerns for, say, you know, those who are marginalized, such as the refugee community. They weren't able to sort of get their hands on 
on face masks for protection or even hand sanitizers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and luckily here in Hong Kong, there were a number of various NGOs that sort of partner up yeah, to distribute. Yeah, we worked with a number of them yes, to, right. to provide exactly the, the protective equipment that they need. But it was tough in the beginning, no question. Exactly. Uh, right, yeah. so the long-awaited film festival. Uh, tell us a little bit, it's yes. up and running already. Tell us a little bit more yes. about the charity uh, Refugee Film Festival. What, what is it about yes. and what sorts of films have you included? So we've been doing this since uh, 2008, running this uh, charity film festival in Hong Kong. And um, we've traditionally tied it to World Refugee Day, which falls on June 20th. Um, the, the whole aim of this film festival is, of course, to raise awareness, public awareness of refugee issues, and also to raise funds for refugee uh, operations around the world. Um, so this year, we're marking the 14th um, Charity Refugee Film Festival in Hong Kong. And we've got four films um, to support our theme of refugee inclusion, inclusion of displaced people. Um, and uh, these are basically four documentaries. Two are about uh, the Syrian crisis, which is in its 10th year already. And um, there's one interesting one um, about uh, gay and lesbian trans uh, refugees and asylum seekers in the US and how they're coping. Uh, we've also got um, a really inspiring one uh, about, um, it's called Raging, uh, sorry, I'm trying to remember. Um, so it's about two uh, Egyptian, they're not refugees, Egyptian athletes uh, who try and raise uh, awareness of the plight of refugees by sort of undertaking the same journey that many, many of them do, which is to cross, you know, this, uh, they they train to row uh, across the Atlantic to take on that perilous uh, voyage um, to raise awareness of, of you know all the the refugees who have to risk their lives crossing the Mediterranean, crossing the Andaman Sea um, to to try and reach safety. So these are uh, four of the documentaries that wow. we have beyond uh, the everyone. raging sea. Beyond the raging sea. Thank you. <laughs> It's, I mean, it's phenomenal how there are sort of films that address issues like this. I mean, how do you sort of go about, how do you and your team sort of go about choosing various films uh, to, to showcase? Um, so basically, UNHCR globally has, uh, we, we hold these refugee film festivals um, in different operations in different countries. So we trade a lot of notes to try and figure out, oh, which are the better ones? Um, I find that in recent years, we have, in the, in the beginning, there was a lot of drama. And, um, but now we sh I feel like we're shifting more towards documentaries because there's so many compelling real stories to be told and they're exactly. so inspiring. Um, so I think this trend towards uh, refugees and real people in real situations um, is very interesting because it reminds us that, you know, this is not drama. This is not a story that we think of. It's real. These are real people who have survived, who are really strong, who are inspiring and can be inspiring to all of us. Yeah. Finally, Vivian, you know, a lot of times when we see sort of news like Syria or like in Yemen or, you know, even, even uh, more locally in, in Asia, in, in Myanmar, um, people feel helpless and what we can do to help refugees what would you say to listeners who sort of feel powerless but also want to help? Because we all have, as powerless as we feel we are, there are things that we can do and there are things that we should do. And um, what can we do then? 
Um, I think, first of all, I would just urge everybody to try and learn more about the refugee situation. And this film festival uh, is actually a great way to, to watch these documentaries and learn about these real people with real experiences, their real struggles, and how they overcome these struggles and how they contribute to you know, their host society. So this uh, film festival runs um, for another week or so. Uh, we will continue with it um, online until I think next Tuesday. Right. So if possible, um, it would be great if everybody tunes in to the film festival. And also um, through our webpage for the film festival, uh, we would be grateful if you could um, consider donating some funds. This year we're targeting to raise 200,000 Hong Kong dollars um, for a very specific cause, um, and that's to provide primary health care services uh, six days a week in some of these camps. Um, with this money, we will be able to uh, empower nurses um, and make sure there are ambulances that can uh, refer urgent cases from the camps to, to the local hospitals. So that's a very specific um, fundraising target. We have linked to this film festival and we hope that uh, people can support it. We also have a lot of um, stories that we tell every day through our social media platforms. Uh, we hope that uh, listeners and viewers can also follow us on um, our Facebook, Twitter, uh, WeChat, Weibo, different accounts um, to follow these stories and to support our activities. I'm sure uh, there will be a lot of uh, activities online or offline in Hong Kong and also in, in the mainland. And I hope that people will be able to attend it as much as possible. Absolutely. And all channels of communication it is wide open. Uh, you can support the film festival. It's on until the 7th of July, which is next Tuesday. And you can also follow uh, the work that they do at UNHCR uh, China on their Facebook page, on their uh, WeChat, uh, their website. Meanwhile, thank you so much uh, to Vivian Tan, who is the acting representative in China from UNHCR, uh, joining us this afternoon. Thank you so much, Vivian, for your time. Thanks, Noreen. Take care.